Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Friday, January 14, 2021. You made it to the end of the week. You are going to have a premier weekend. You know why? Because you are responsible for your own outcomes. So make this weekend consciously, with thought, with effort, with pragmatism, with strategy and planning and vision and all these other big words that I'm just going to keep throwing out, these big businessy consultant words. Have yourself a very Merry Christmas. Have yourself a great weekend. Be deliberate in doing it. Plan your weekend. How are you going to do it Friday night? Are you going to go to bed early and set your alarm even though you don't have to get up just so when you wake up Saturday morning to that alarm, you can turn it off and go back to sleep? Are you going to stay up really, really late on Friday night because you drove fast and took chances? And are you going to barely make it home Friday night and see if you wake up on Saturday? It's up to you, but whatever you do, make a plan this weekend. Try that. Make a plan for what you're going to do and see what happens. You know what you could do? Also, you could go to bed early on Friday night, live clean, wake up early Saturday, and seize the goddamn day. Go exercise, drink plenty of liquids, meet a friend for a healthy breakfast. Not brunch, you jerk-offs. Brunch. <laughs> I do brunch if you want. I don't give a fuck, obviously. Uh, but, um, you know, you could meet a healthy, have a, have a low-sugar, oatmeal, fruit melange and a cup of black coffee with a good friend. Put your arm around your good friend, or at least touch them and express your affection for them. You could do whatever you want. Just have a great one, and maybe it will be great if you plan it just a little bit. But don't overplan it, of course, where everything has to go right. Otherwise, it's not going to be uh, the perfect weekend. I hope to have a perfect weekend. Perfect weekend. You know what? I've been I've been on the wagon. I've been on the wagon. I've been dry. I haven't consciously been doing sober January. I just uh, found myself now two weeks into the year without drinking. Probably started from, uh, I don't know what. Probably really still having goddamn COVID is probably what it starts. I, I've, I'm, I'm negative, uh, but I, still, I feel like I might still have it. And you're welcome. If you've seen me out this week and the week before, you're welcome. You have it. We've all had it. My wife, my wife is out of the basement, by the way, and I am back in the basement recording. So I'm halfway there to my podcast sweet spot where I'm recording the podcast in the morning with a cup of coffee and a good night's sleep and some clarity in the basement where I can be voluble and talk shit and do whatever I want and not worry about a child sleeping in room one next to me. Uh, so I'm halfway there. I'm recording this at night, unfortunately, because you know why? And I'm going to come back to whatever I just started a second ago, uh, about, about still having COVID, but, uh, I didn't get to record the podcast today during the day because, uh, I'm back to being, uh, a stay at home parent. That's what I am because my daughter has been 
sentimental. It's cartoonish, and I know I probably belabored it. Someone the other night gave me shit about um, the last podcast was just 35 minutes of me talking about my daughter's poops. And you know what? Thank you for listening all the way through and letting me know that you uh, thought her poops, you know, it was cute that it looked like a little, looked like a little Santa hat. Someone told me, I get, I get it. If you don't want to listen to me talk about my kid, fuck off. <laughs> I don't really mean that. Um, but, I've, you know, the kid thing is an emerging issue these days because of the, the COVID situation I've tried to characterize. Well, you have characterized it. You've been long-winded about it, talking about it over the last several podcasts. It is just cartoonish what is happening at her school. So chop up the first two weeks of January. There are five days, January 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and then January 10, 9, 10 11, 12, 13, 14. The first two days, 3 and 4, out of an abundance of caution because my wife had COVID and she got it from someone who was not me. She was running around Miami without using protection. She picked it up there. We kept my daughter out of school from Monday to Tuesday. You'll recall that she went back in Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday. The school called and said she had a loose poop. I talked about that on the last podcast. And they panicked and said, you know what? You have to come pick her up. And she has to stay out of school for three more days or four more days or some shit like that. I lost my marbles over the weekend about it. And Monday morning, the school called and said, you know, we thought about it. And she's not really... Uh, contagious or not really, uh, not contagious. She's not really at risk for having it. She's asymptomatic. You gave her a negative test. Bring her on in. So we did that on Monday, and here we go. Monday, Tuesday, school is humming along. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, oh, you know what? Wednesday, they call us at noon and tell us that some kid in her class has tested positive for COVID-19. And when I say class, I mean, you know, whatever we're talking about for three-year-olds. The, 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 her group. So a kid in her class tested positive and the school said, so guess what? Your daughter has to be out of school for another fucking week. So please come pick her up by 1 p.m. So that was Wednesday. Today, when I'm recording this, is Thursday, and the girl was with us all day. It is, and she's going to be with us tomorrow, though we uh, were able to corral a co-ed to come um, babysit her so we can do our work stuff during the day and, you know, be productive. So we do have a sitter coming. So we're paying someone to watch the kid tomorrow while we're also paying the school where she can't go. Anyway, it's, it's, it is what it is, but I'm, I'm telling you what all these parents have been fucking crying about for the last two odd years of COVID. It's, it's at my doorstep and it's very challenging because you think, Hey, we're in school. All right. Three days. It's humming along. All of a sudden they're like, no, you know what? She has to stay out uh, for another five or whatever it is. It's very, just from the, you know, we talk about the environment's kind of hard, nothing more stressful than the unknown, right? The unpredictable, which is why people who are unpredictable are fucking annoying as hell. Well, it's very hard to adjust to your day-to-day when you don't know if you're going to be uh, watching your kid all day long or she's going to be in the school that you pay to send her to. 
And uh, believe it or not, I can't believe I'm saying this, I am sitting in the basement. It's uh, 35 or 40 degrees outside, or at least it feels like it because I'm in this icebox basement. And I'm going to turn down the heater that I'm sitting in front of. So give me just one second. I can't believe I did that, but then I realized I was sitting way too close to it. So I was practically uh, torching my sweatshirt. So now we're back to, it's just, it's very bizarre. And I'm not crying about it. Please note that I'm not crying about it. We're fortunate that we fucking can uh, flex our lives to all of a sudden be staying at home with our kid, passing her back and forth while we try to do calls and make a little bit of money for the greater uh, enterprise that is our three-person unit uh, with, a, with an additional two dogs alongside. Uh, we know that lots of other people uh, have it much more challenging, and I'm just fucking aware of that. I'm just saying from my perspective, it's, uh, you know, it's stressful not knowing day-to-day if your kid is going, if you're going to be, can we work, can we not work, where's the baby going to go? Uh, on the flip side, it's really fun uh, and I know I was moaning about the toddlerhood a couple weeks ago. Uh, naturally, you know, taking her out of town, one parent being in the basement, the other parent being upstairs, and then reversing that. It's stressful for her, and she's trying to push our buttons. But, man, is she coming online and maturing so quickly. It's really cool to see. And I'm not going to fucking belabor it uh, at the risk of some whiny person coming up to me at Limerick and telling me about how... I, I was talking about my daughter's poop for 35 minutes. You know what? Keep it to yourself. (laughs) I'm just kidding. This person was very good-natured and was giving me a hard time breaking my balls. Also, that person, like three other people I saw this week, apparently have picked up on the uh, not leaving a review thing. And they said, I know, I listen, I listen, and I don't leave a review. You don't need to tell me that. I fucking know, because the only person that leaves a review is 15 underscore versus underscore 15, who I'm hoping their, his next review will include uh, the rationale for why he stopped over the holidays, or at least the Christian, uh, what fucking, I don't know, at least why, I, I'm curious, 15, why you stopped then, and, and I support it wholeheartedly, I was just curious if you have a if you have any insight into why that took place. But for people who come up and, and, and apparently have picked up on me talking about people not leaving reviews of the podcast, you don't have to tell me that you don't leave a review. I know. I, 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 I could not be more aware of that. Um, I do appreciate the interaction, and I appreciate you telling me you listen to the podcast. So, uh, you know, I'm just touching the back of my hair. Thank you very much. makes me feel like a real attractive gal. Uh, I know you don't leave a podcast review, and you're not going to, and I'm not going to fucking talk about it anymore, but I will keep talking about 15 each time he leaves a new review. So, that's the latest on the daughter, back and forth. Uh, we shall see what happens. We, uh, like I said, we're fortunate that we can flex to accommodate, uh, which only uh, highlights... You know I'm in this prehistoric basement and there is some sketchy noise inside this heater that makes me think that there is a varmint in there. Is that the right word? Yes, I hear you, heater. It's uncanny. When I start talking about it, it like hears me. 
Also, I don't know if you, if you can imagine what this thing looks like. It's like six and a half feet tall. It's caramel, light caramel, beige colored. It has a million holes on it. And then right in the middle, there's like a dark brown circle of what looks like a, a smoked cigarette. It looks like the tar at the back half of a, uh, a Marlboro Red or a Winston. It's just a jank heater, but it's keeping me warm right now, and uh, I was tripping out because, and, and that's why I paused because I heard a little tinkling of noise, and I would go through the roof if some animal popped through there and landed on my sweatshirt. Uh, are you in there, buddy? That's me kicking it. I don't know. I hope to Christ there's nothing in there. So I think what I was saying right before... Right before that noise freaked me out is... The fact that my wife and I can flex to accommodate the COVID uncertainty... Uh, only heightens our empathy for people who do not have that flexibility and um, and also makes us feel part of a bigger thing of like now we're parents who are complaining about this and if you're fucking 25 listening to this you know I'll, I'll move on here in a second what I was gonna say and, and and this I think has got me started on the COVID thing is I've been I haven't drank alcohol in the last couple of weeks I haven't had anything anything with booze in it for the last couple of weeks and why that is, I'm not exactly sure. I uh, just guess I haven't felt like it. And then I have that, <coughs> excuse me, uh, that coronavirus. No, I have that, whatever it is, it's, it's not OCD because people who have OCD are like, you don't even know, dude, I have to touch the fridge 60 times before I leave the house. A bit of closure, fondness, a bit of... Uh, interest in linear things where it's like, hey, I haven't had any booze in seven days or 14 days or why not make it 68 days or 400 years or something like that. So I just, you know, put together a little streak, I guess, is, is what happened. And also, as I've told you numerous times when I take a little break from drinking, I'm always chasing that elusive, perfect sleep, which is is hard to have with a, a toddler um, but I'm close I haven't had it yet and maybe tonight's the night uh, so I but I feel like the uh, I'm not doing sober January that wasn't the plan it just sort of emerged I think maybe that's a good sign of my my uh, my relationship with booze these days is I, it was not not drinking was not intentional like I'm going to stop drinking I'm going to take a break it's just like I didn't feel like it and haven't really felt like it since However, I do feel like one of these days, maybe it'll be Saturday, maybe it'll be Sunday, who knows, I, I, I might have a nice glass of red wine. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <coughs> a nice glass of red wine. That's still a symptom. It sounds like, right? It sounds like I have it in my, in my lungs. I was diagnosed uh, 
I first tested positive on December 17th, I think, or December 18th. And here we are. Still negative, uh, still symptomatic. <laughs> but I feel, like I, I feel like a nice big glass of red wine <clears throat> and chat with my wife and get caught up because we've been living separate lives. Right, I was in the basement, then we went to Miami, and that was an absolute shit show. And then when we got back, she went to the basement, and I was with my daughter, you know, seven to seven for whatever it was, eight or nine days. So my wife and I have not really, we're not really plugged in with one another these days. So uh, maybe we'll have, maybe we'll have some red wine and just chat about the good old days this weekend. So I think that is a positive about my drinking is that I. I didn't like I need to have, I need to do a sober January I just sort of sort of slowed down and or or just slowed down just didn't feel like doing it. How is your drinking? <laughs> How are your resolutions? Uh, I do want to actually pick up on the uh I the thing I mentioned about having my daughter for nine to eight or nine days, whatever it was, and I'm probably doing like fishing stories. By the end of the story, he had his daughter for 36 consecutive days all by himself. What a hero he was being a dad for one month, (laughs) which is really what that comes down to. But I think because I was on the early sleep schedule, you know, getting up with her at seven or whatever it was, uh, I'm fucking tired and it, it's. It, I feel like you can see it on my face, combined with my 10-pound weight loss from the creepy sweats that I had when I had COVID, or sorry, when I was testing positive for COVID, the other night at Limerick, which was just a ridiculously good show that, uh, you know, the fucking bar... Wants it to end earlier, and I gotta, I gotta figure that out. I, I'm, I'm not gonna put. I, 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 should I have even said that? I don't know. I, I gotta, I gotta work it out. I love it. They love comedy. We just have to figure out. I have to figure out a way for every comic who shows up to get up, and be able to do lightning round, knowing like, hey, I'm driving from somewhere else. I can go to Limerick and I'll get up. While also making sure that the bar staff doesn't have to stay there till five in the morning. But Limerick was an absolute beauty of a show the other night. The comics, LeVar Walker was on, Nick Murphy, Crystal Pierce, remains undefeated, slaughtered. Uh, Ian Aber, Brian Tucker had a great set. Ali Edge was there. Uh, and uh, and Gozi. So it, w- it, was really, it was really fun. And I realize now I didn't say... If, if I mentioned the comic's name and I didn't say that they killed, trust me that they killed. Because... We comics are so insecure and fragile that if I didn't say so-and-so had a great set, they're going to be like, oh, I heard you say Brian Tucker, B. Tuck had a good set, and Crystal Pierce and Ian Aber had good sets. What about me? And it's like, you know, I didn't say it because you didn't have a great... <laughs> because I'm just going through the list of people. Everyone did well, to, to be very honest with you. Uh, and that's not just me covering my ass. But it was a great show, and Lightning Round was ridiculous, and I actually left and let Nick run it, and uh, it went very well. So we just got to figure out a way where the bar staff doesn't have to stay there forever, yet every comic that wants to do a spot can get up. So you know what that means? Probably going to have to start the main show an hour earlier if the bar is cool with that. Uh, otherwise, like You know what's also interesting is 
Limerick used to start at 10. So the main show, anyway, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, but when I was at Limerick the other night, and this is picking up on me being tired and I feel like it shows on my face, and then also I've lost 10 pounds and I look a little bit probably like a cat who's been out in the rain. Uh, a young person full of life in their early 20s said to me, you look like, and like with that COVID acknowledgement, she said, because uh, she had she had COVID, and so we sort of uh, we bumped fists, and and she said, "You look like she she nodded like we we were both having COVID the same time uh, over the holidays." And then she said, uh, "You look wiser. You look wiser, and you know what you know what that means is older. That's that's all that means. Wiser. Nobody nobody's like, oh, you know, you <laughs> you look wiser." that and and like wow you have you been going to the gym have you been eating right you really look wiser what it means is i look older i look more tired my my the wrinkles on my face are probably more pronounced because i now am responsible for a goddamn life form before i had a kid people were always like oh my god you look so young for your age and i was like because i don't have any kids now people are telling me you look wiser. And that just means older. So thank you for that. And and again, this the streak of people in Atlanta telling me what I look like is uh, unbroken. I do know that something fun is going to, something fun will ensue at Limerick in a couple of weeks. If you are fans of uh, local comedy, you know that Will Foskey is an Atlanta favorite who was accepted, made, awarded, very prestigious, just for laughs, new faces, uh, commendation, acknowledgement this year. Will flew out to L.A. and filmed a set that seen by industry people, and it was a great, great uh, feather in his cap. And he is actually recording an album, an hour special, in early February. And on January 25th, He's going to run his hour at Limerick, which is which is going to be great. And so his show at the Laughing Skull in February is going to be Matt Peshney, Khaled El Chufi uh, featuring, and then Will doing doing an hour. And I said, well, why don't you just run it and re- you know essentially run through it uh, at Limerick? And so they're going to do that. I'll just say, hey, this is a special night, and I'm going to turn it over to Matt, and Matt do his thing. He can turn it over to Khaled, and then Khaled can do his feature set, and then turn it over to Will, who will do an hour at Limerick on January 25th. So put that in your calendars. It'll be a very special night and uh, a great chance to preview Will's hour. Uh, And also, that means you don't have to go fucking pay for it. (laughs) You won't have to go spend money to get into the lab. I mean, you will go do that, of course, because you're supportive. But, you know, it's cool to see comics work on things along the way. So that'll be fun on the 25th. Um, there was something else. Uh, what was it? One. What? I know what. I know. I know there was something Limerick related. So mark your calendars for January 25th. This is me promoting another comic. I mean, it's promoting Limerick. <laughs> But Tuesday, January 25th, come see Will Foskey run 
his hour before he tapes it for a special that will then be on Sirius. It'll be broadcast. It'll be on YouTube. It'll be broadcast across the world. And Will is going places. I mean, otherwise he wouldn't. I mean, he's a great comic and a good dude. Otherwise, he wouldn't have gotten Just for Laughs new faces. So January 25th. I knew what I was going to say. Something clicked to me about Limerick and all the interactions I had. And uh, I was talking with somebody about crowd work and responding to the crowd and how you uh, how you... How you respond on stage this is me just bullshitting, but I wanted to sort of talk out loud about it because I was I was still thinking about it after I was talking about it with somebody. Were you? You were talking about it with someone that you're not talking about, and then you're telling us that you were thinking about it. Yeah, I was. Respond when when you. And I say this because I I used to uh, over respond to the crowd. When you say something particularly if you ask a question of the audience, you can't get upset if they respond. You know, y'all, anybody drinking tonight and someone says, just enough to enjoy this, or something, they're going to say some dumb shit. Um, but you see sometimes comics like, so anyway, you should never ask the crowd a goddamn question, first of all. But anyway, you're there to tell them your thing. What I am thinking about is sometimes you'll say something and a crowd, a crowd will react and someone will say something out loud and you'll hear it and in the moment you have that, that Terminator, doo, 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 what is my response going to be? I can address it and I can go through the list of things that I would say to address it or I could invalidate the response by continuing with my bit and playing to the other people in the room, all the other fucking people in the room, as opposed to the one Hanyak, whatever that means, somebody, somebody, I heard someone say that when I was a kid, to the other jerk off, I hope it's not something racist that I just said, <laughs> but, you know, growing up when I did, it probably is. Um, so, you have that decision, like, I can play to this one person, this one jerk off who said this thing, I feel like, so then I said, da, 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 and then the person says something from the crowd. I say, what? Or I could just finish the goddamn joke to the people that are listening and not interrupting, and by doing that are automatically on my side, not this asshole or well-meaning drunk who's just responding to me, right? So that's the first decision. Do I respond to that? Do I stop what I'm saying and acknowledge that? And then, of course sidetrack my joke and then lose the crowd that much because they're waiting for me to say the next thing but all of a sudden I'm paying attention to this child who's spoken it's this complicated math and when I was younger in my comedy uh, journey I used to over respond I I just what what'd you say not like fuck you what'd you say fortunately but um I, I would stop too much and now I hear people pop shit and talk say things out loud and I just keep going because I know that's best for the show. It's best for the bit. It's best for the crowd, etc. However, there are times where you have to respond because maybe the crowd is of a size that it's impossible to ignore that person. Maybe you're talking about something personal or serious or racy or 
whatever, and you want to know what they th- what they said about it, um, or you just are fucking bored and you let down your guard and respond. You know, maybe you get complacent and you respond to something that they say. In that moment, and this is what I was talking about with this other comic the other night, how you respond is really, really important. And I think I think we as comics, like I mentioned about when I was talking about everybody killing or not, tend to be insecure and paranoid that everyone's talking shit about us, that the tendency is almost to say, like, what'd you say? You know, like that, or, or have it sound like that, or have it be shot through with that feeling or emotion. What'd you say? And some comics, particularly earlier in their careers, sound defensive when they say that. But a lot of times, to the person sitting in the show, like myself, the crowd member is not saying anything in particularly provocative. They just might be responding to something you said. But if you respond with a kind of defensiveness, it, I think, signals uh, weakness. It sig- signals lack of control. It signals, like, why, why are you combative? Why are you presuming that person wants to fight with you? You know, because, you know, you could say something and the person says, uh, what? You know, the person says something, you say, what'd you say? And they said, Albuquerque. And they're like, oh, I, I thought you said I was an asshole. Anyway, so I think once you decide that you're going to say something, I think, I don't want to say presume good intent because <laughs> the audience doesn't always have your best intent intention in mind. But I think there is some utility in not presuming they're out to get you because that makes you look defensive and that makes you look, I think, a little, well, defensive, scared, insecure, not in control, I guess is what I'm getting at. And there's nothing more stressful for the rest of the audience to see the person who is supposed to be in fucking charge of the whole room because they have a microphone in their hand and an amplified, and their voice is amplified across the room, to see that person not in control. Because then that tells them nobody's in control in this show sucks because some person in the back of the room said Albuquerque and he thought he said go fuck your mother right what'd you say to me and he's like I said Albuquerque are you sure like dude I don't know just something I thought about it because I know some comics listen to this The, the the crowd is not necessarily against you so don't my my prescriptive advice is do not presume they have negative intent whatever they say and by the way, I was talking about this last night with a really good comic. One of the great keys to crowd work is not forcing it. Just have a dialogue. If someone says something, you can say, "What you?" I, I said, "I'm sorry. What'd you say? I didn't hear you." Or what was that? And then they say something like, "Oh, well, my sister lives in, you know, Carrollton." Okay, and is she? with us still you know or like and what is the significant and and what is the significance of your sister right there's nothing inherently funny and in, well my sister lives in Carrollton and and so you don't want to go like well what about you know blah, blah, I bet she's a whore like that doesn't do anything but you can wait being patient doing crowd work waiting 
ask them another question. Well, how, you know, ask them a question about Carrollton. Or your sister is on your mind tonight. Is 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 she doing okay? You know, a sincere question. Or how how is your sister older or younger? Or how often do you see your sister? Because a lot of the times what happens is the audience member is not prepared to have this dialogue, so they will or they're just gonna be perfectly honest. Or really, both of those things can be true. They're not prepared to have the conversation, and they will be perfectly honest, which will lead them to say something that might sound a little bizarre, and then you can respond to that, and you're off to the races. Because as soon as they say the bizarre thing, you can respond to that, and that bizarre thing that they said is now the truth of the room. And you make that the story. Well, oh, okay, your sister, I see, she lives with a horse or some whatever it is, that becomes the truth, and you go from there. I don't know, I just went on a little tangent, but one of the important things in doing crowd work is just being patient, waiting. It's hard to do sometimes, because you're like, tick, 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 tick. But remember, that tick, 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 in your head is, uh, it seems a lot longer than it's going to appear to the audience. So if you catch your breath, wait for them to say something half interesting or half ridiculous then you can have a good time with that if you try to force crowd work a lot of times it just looks stilted and kind of amateurish in my opinion 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 um and also do not uh, do not presume that what they said is out to injure you or hurt you because then you just look like you're not in control all right there's my two cents big brother uncle comedy jerk off um Getting back to getting my act together, though, it's coming along. I'm halfway back in the basement, meaning I'm back in here tonight talking to you, and I will be back Monday morning. Well, you will hear me on Tuesday, but I'll be back in this room Monday morning. Hopefully, we'll have a babysitter. That makes sense. Can we get a babysitter so I can go to the podcast? (laughs) But I'll tell you what, the next time I record this podcast, if I have childcare, meaning my daughter is in school, or there is someone at my house watching, I will be recording this goddamn podcast in the basement, and it is on the, what? It's on the come. It's on the come up. It's on the come. It's, and that's a gambling term, so don't be creepy with it. Um, anyway, I will wish you a, again, be intentional in your weekend. You, you control your reality. And do not, whatever you do, blame anything on anybody else. Because we all are at the mercy of those things. We all are affected by those things. So don't be hack and blame anything for what's going on with you. Just go and be intentional and make your weekend what you want it to be. That's the key. What do I want it to be? What do I want it to look like? What outcome am I trying to achieve? Have a great one doing it, and I will talk to you Tuesday, and I'll probably talk to you about my great weekend. Maybe I'll get into some wine with my wife and my daughter, uh, and uh, I will look forward to talking to you on Tuesday. So have a great weekend.